yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You hear the song. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm Gersh Kuntzman of the Daily News. Blah, blah, blah. Next to me, of course, is the handsome Vince DiMaselli, Brooklyn Paper Editor. Blah, blah, blah. You know, turn it off, Johnny. Turn it off. Because you know what? That's our producer, Johnny. I'm angry today. I, and I'm just going to start in. That's what I do. Yeah, great. Oh, you I'm don't sure, like it? You don't I'm like sure it? our listeners are excited to hear about your anger. No, I'm just angry. What are you angry about now, Well, first Gersh? of all, I look like a million bucks. You might want to ask me why. Why do you look like a million bucks, Gersh? I, first of all, what am I wearing? You are wearing a tie. Very rare for Gersh Kunzman. It's a rare occasion. I am dressed up to the nines because I went on a job interview. I'll just say it. I don't care. You just come out there and yeah, say Yeah, I just it. went on a job interview. I don't think Gersh Kunzman of the New York Daily News went on a job interview today. Yeah, well, today. first of all, because I'm an attractive uh, journalist with a lot of potential. Vince, you know that. No, I've, I've, I'm the only one who knows that, that's, I think. And that's why I'm angry. Because, Johnny, you don't know this. Johnny, our producer, is a young guy. I was the editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn paper for six years in the um, late aughts. Some would say the greatest years <laughs> of your life. <laughs> Some would say the greatest years of your life, Vince DiMaselli. I had a good time. I Vince DiMaselli it. took me off the scrap heap of New York journalism where I had been laying. It's the stupidest thing. I laid there after my demise at the New York Post and at CUNY Journalism School. And Vince, Vince said, you know what, Kunzman, brush yourself off. That's Re- what I said. Put on a tie, brush yourself off. Come and work for me. And I, I did, did not. I did not require a tie, but I did want you to come work for me. So why are we going over this ancient history? I'll tell you why, Vince. You're the only one in my life, and I'm talking about wives or singular wife. I'm talking about girlfriends. I'm talking about our producer Johnny, who has seen the unbridled talent and potential of Gersh Kunstman. Mm-hmm. So and, I and made it work for me. Quite frankly, that's fine. I don't mind wearing the yoke if it's a creative yoke. And we're going to be talking a lot about journalistic creativity, but I w- later. But I do want to thank you, Vince, for saving me from the scrap people of American journalism yes. and for constantly championing the work I do at the Daily News, which, as you know, is archived on nydailynews.com. Mm-hmm. And you can look at any of it, including my uh, stunning piece about abortion today. Oh, really? Yeah, what's, yeah what's it's already got 10,000 page views. It's about Trump's executive order on abortion. We'll talk a lot more about uh, Wait, President Wait, what was his executive order on abortion? I'm not, I'm not aware of this. Uh, Donald Trump did what all Republican presidents have done since Ronald Reagan, which is re-institute uh, a ban on federal funding for uh, abortion or family planning counseling overseas, which will endanger the lives of an estimated 10 million women next year. Mm, and I found that to be uh, something that we shouldn't have done, but nonetheless, he's so the president. So that's what you're mad about? No, no, no. I'm, what I'm mad about is I go on interviews and I, and I talk to people in my business, the journalism profession, and we are absolutely deflated. You watch these press conferences with Sean Spicer and with the president, and, and you just can't imagine a journalistic, a fourth estate so toothless and spineless. And then... Yeah, why is that? Well, I'll get to that. And then yeah. you turn on the TV and you see Senator Chuck Schumer, my senator, who lives down the street from me. Literally down the street. Who has never been better when it comes to things like bike lanes or airline baggage fees or stoplights in certain neighborhoods, and etc. He's still doing that. Where was Chuck Schumer on Sunday, Vince? Uh, he was talking about uh, airline baggage fees. Airline baggage fees. Okay, this is the most important Democrat besides Gersh Kunstman in this country right now. And Sunday was occupied and preoccupied, if you will, with airline baggage fees. And my point, Vince, is simply it is a demoralizing time to be part of the loyal opposition. I emphasize loyal to President Trump because the, the media is toothless and the Democratic establishment. This is not an editorial. This is not an editorial, but Vince. But mm-hmm. I'm angry. I'm angry. That's really what you're angry about. Well, I, you know, I've talked to my staff. We have a staff here. I have a staff of reporters. That's nice. And I said, if you ever go to a, a press conference mm-hmm. and someone there from any 
any outlet. Any legitimate outlet. I mean, we have to make determinations what legitimate outlets are. But, okay. I mean, at some point, right? No, I don't think so. Well, there has to be. But I know where you're going. My, my point is it can't just be some guy in a bathrobe that, that just happened to show up. I guess they, they, they would need credentials to get in, correct? Perhaps. In some know, way. Maybe. My point is if the person in charge of that uh, press conference says they're not going to take questions from that person, I've ordered my staff to then ask a question or say they're going to ask a question and then say, I'm, you know what, I'm going to give it to the person over there that you just would not allow to speak. Well, I would go further than that, Vince. I'm just saying that. If the, if the reporter gets the question asked but the newsmaker does not answer the question, I would ask your reporters to say, wait a minute, I have a question. I want you to answer that guy's question. If would, they, would they do that? I think they would, and they should, if they think that it's uh, important. There's no question about it. Press. You no, know, because a lot of times you do want to ask a question that you feel is very important, and you know you have limited access to the to the to, at the time. Well, so you want to get your question in there. But I think that if the person asks a question that we all agree is important, then yes, we should make sure that that question gets answered. All right. So let me ask you this question. You but there's always going to be. I mean, somebody has to make those decisions. Right, but you've been doing this for a long time, Vince. Has Has there ever been news made at a press conference? It's very rare. No, the, the the I would think the only time news is made at a press conference is when the uh, journalists there ask questions that that get a reaction from uh, whoever's holding yeah, the press conference that that is that is uh, you know that that's interesting. And do you remember when I asked Bruce Ratner, the developer of Atlantic Yards, the mm. toughest question he ever faced, and he answered it, and then I followed up and got the answer that was a front page story for weeks for us. Which was that. He had said something in an opening statement about um, the three buildings at Atlantic Yards. And I, and I raised the question, wait a minute, you just said three buildings. Aren't there ten buildings? And he said, well, th the three buildings we're going to build right now. Right. And we'll build the other seven when we get financing, et cetera. Yes. And, I, and then I asked the follow-up. I said, well, Mr. Renner, did you, just, did you just withdraw your commitment to building all ten buildings if you don't get the money you need to financing? And he said, yes. Yeah, there you go. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And then our headline, remember our headline? Atlantic Yards dead. Atlantic Yards dead. And in fact, that turned out to be true because, as you know, Atlantic Yards is a much more truncated it's project right now. No, it is not. What, what they call it in the New York Times? Instant, instant skyline. Instant skyline. That's what they called it. I didn't. Well, that's fine. That's fine. It's, and I, I got to say, I was a fan of the modular building. Anyway, we got to get out. No, we, we, were, get we out. were a fan of lots of buildings. Were yeah, we not? no question about it. We, we huh. support development. Brooklyn Paper has always been pro-development. Always. Well, I mean, 4th Avenue rising right, 3rd Avenue rising right. Those avenues did rise right. <laughs> okay. Flatbush Avenue now anyway, rising right. We gotta get out. The point is, I'm a little angry today. And Johnny, you know, I, I've been told I have been told there's a gag order on my sex life right now on the on Brooklyn. Paper I didn't Radio. say there was a gag. No, order. you I said there said, was a gag order. No, I said people don't care. No, you said people are gagging on your sex life. I want to know more. Oh, personally. Johnny, thank you. That's our producer, Johnny. Well, no, yeah, I just the want kids, the kids today. That's I want you want guys about. to know that I am in a bit of a slump right now. They want now. to hear about the sex life of a of a fifty two year old man. Fifty one. Not some. I want to know about the dating life. You know, you don't have to go right to the bedroom, but tell me about the dating life. Johnny, you don't want to go right to the bedroom. You know, I at think, least take I me out I, to dinner first. You know, I always do, Johnny. I, I think our do. listeners are going right. I to I just bed. want to go on record as saying I have been dating uh, up a storm. And like in many storms, I am like in many storms, I am tempest tossed, as they say on the uh, base of the Statue of Liberty, Statue of Bigotry. And I'm in a bit of a slump because I got dumped last week, Johnny, by two women via text. Oh, please. You dated them for, for an hour and a half each. Yeah. And, and that and was a very dumped. pleasurable hour and a half where I thought there was a lot of chemistry. And that's the key, Johnny, chemistry. Both of the women who dumped me via text. Use the term chemistry. They said, I, I just don't feel the chemistry. Chemistry's not there. No, and I agree with you. 
Vince, the chemistry is the most important thing. Well, basically, you really got to worry about the math because no. technically it's not all about the chemistry. You're right. Technically, it's all math. I mean, all we are are just equations. Well, I, I don't know where you're going with that. Let me talk about the chemistry for a second because Johnny's interested. Yeah, please. In both cases, I had a lot of chemistry. There were there was intense. Uh, uh, Johnny, I'll go. I'll go on the record. I'll be graphic. There was intense making out. Intense. Whoa. In both cases. Yeah. This is what. This sometimes is what I, not just stopping at the making out. This is what I need out. to picture on a Tuesday morning. Okay. Well, uh, and archived on the web, so you can listen to it anytime you want. Maybe That's we should. True. Maybe we should say this is a very special nighttime edition of Brooklyn Paper Radio. You got that but nighttime music, Johnny? But Johnny, Johnny, you and I know that if a makeout session leads to the bedroom, then I, there was by definition some chemistry. Am I right? Of course. No, well, Vince, are you with me on that? I missed that because I was reading my email. <laughs> well, that's great. We got to get out. Anyway, the point is I had chemistry. I, I had chemistry. So the chemistry was good on your part, but it was not good on, on the, the significant other. Apparently. Apparently. Okay. So we're moving on. Did you so respond to the text? Just tell me that. Uh, yeah, very, very nicely. No, I, I thought, think Gersh's nice problem, thing. again, is when it comes to all this stuff, he's too nice. No, I don't do the too nice thing. No, you do. You do. You do. And and you're very. No, but like, I don't use it as an excuse. Like you're going to use it. You're going to say, "Oh, he's too nice." You got to treat him worse. I'm not saying you got to treat him worse. I just got to. You can't expect everyone to immediately fall in love with you. That's that's. I'm in love with Gersh Kunzman. See, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. No, you're right, Vince. I can't expect everyone to fall in love with me immediately. But, here, but here's the thing: when you wake up with a woman, and I'm not talking about you, because you wake up with your wife. Yeah, I do. I get a coffee. When you wake, okay, that's nice. Yeah, and I, I do that, and I say, "Can I make you breakfast? Can I let, let me whip up some eggs?" That's nice. It is nice, right, Johnny? Very nice. All right, well, I'm not attracted to you, but nonetheless, you make eggs, and and is that? I mean, whatever. You're saying I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't get enthusiastic about the people I I, I sleep with. I'm not saying you shouldn't make eggs. I think everyone would enjoy eggs in the morning, but I don't think that's a deal breaker, you, or a you, deal maker. Yeah, that's the problem. It's neither a deal breaker or a deal maker. I'm yeah. not trying to close a deal, Vince. I'm not President Trump who wants to, you know, gut environmental regulations so that we have five five extra jobs in this country. I'm a guy who just wants to treat people nice. Mm-hmm. Pancakes might be better than eggs. But. No, the pancake. We, I flip the pancakes in the in, in the bedroom. I do the eggs in the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you. That's hot. Anyway, Vince, we got to get out. The point is, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you like what I'm saying, eggs in the morning, pancakes at night. 718-260-4502. We are taking your calls. Now, the good news is we've got a, a great show today. We're going to have Lauren, um, sorry, we're going to have Julianne Cuba. She's going to come in. Coming on the show to talk yeah. about, and you got a story. Why don't you just describe it to us, Vince? On Brooklyn Paper, on Brooklyn Paper and on Brooklyn Daily, which are your two main websites. Why don't you yes. just, can you we, tell us the story? We have two two websites that are running with lead story today about. Wait, oh, can we get some patriotic music, please, Johnny? Do you want the, the paper? Sure, why not? No, patriotic. No, no, no. That's not patriotic, no, I want patriotic at all. Patriotic music, like uh, like the dun, Battle dun, Hymn dun, of the Republic dun, or something. Dun, dun. Do the president's the president's when the president's coming. We have that sound. Hail to the chief. Hail to the chief. You have it, Johnny, because we've done it. Because we can't tell the story without a sound effect. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna wait. That's not even it, Johnny. You're, yeah, it's you're a little off key. You're off key. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go with the morning papers. No. no. Oh, you're the no. worst. No, we're not doing that. I'm going to no. have to get it on my phone. No. Look at this. Gersh will find it before you do. He wants to talk. He doesn't want to find music. It's, it's a race. Yeah. Do, 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 I have hotline do. bling. No, you have on that is, computer. Here it is. Here it is. You have hail to the chief. <laughs> nice. There's no copyright infringement here, right? No, it's a government document I'm on. 
Let, let, give it a second. There it is. I think of Nixon when I hear this. I think of uh, Eric Adams, our beloved bar president. Give it a second. So, Gersh, I'm going to ask you, what do we not have in our studio right now? Uh, any guess at all. Okay, but what else do we not have? A, oh. a banner that might be starred and spangled. You're right. We don't have any bunting, but we're radio. So tell us about the story now that we've played Hail to the Chief. All right, basically, the story is half of Brooklyn, the half. southern half. This is, a, this is, once again, a north versus south battle. Okay. The southern half of Brooklyn says the Pledge of Allegiance before every community board meeting. The northern half does not. There right. is no Pledge of Allegiance. Let's go over this. Let's go over this. No Give me the neighborhoods. Give me the neighborhoods where the Pledge of Allegiance is said before a community board meeting. All right. Name a neighborhood, and I'll tell you. Yes All right. Or name no. a neighborhood. Bay Ridge. Yes. Bensonhurst. Yes. Uh, Coney Island. Yes. Middle Basin. Yes. Greenpoint. No. Williamsburg. No. Park Slope. No. Carroll Gardens. No. Brooklyn Heights. No. Bushwick. Wow, so there's a divide. What there's about, a divide. What about Windsor Terrace? No. Wow, my beloved Windsor Terrace. Yep. So you're telling me there is a line of demarcation between what we'd like to call American Brooklyn and communist Brooklyn. Would you say that? <laughs> no, I like to call the Brooklyn that's under the bubble and under the Brooklyn bubble. that's outside the bubble. Okay. So what? But hold on a second. Now, that was in Brooklyn paper, right? That's in Brooklyn paper. And yes. what? how did Brooklyn Daily play that story? Brooklyn Daily played it. It's the same story. But they had a different take on it. Really? Okay. Their take was that basically uh, they're American in southern Brooklyn and they're non-American in uh, northern Brooklyn. Wait a minute. So, Johnny, can we put up those graphics? So, on Brooklyn- and a house divided, Gersh, cannot stand. We found that out. Yeah. But here's the thing. Brooklyn Daily, Johnny, you got that graphic? Yeah. Brooklyn Daily has an American flag covering, in the graphic, covering the parts of Brooklyn that says the pledge. Correct. And then, Vince, I think you wanted to put a communist flag, a hammer and sickle. A hammer and sickle was, was an option for, right. the, for the other areas. we yeah. got to get out. we got to get out for a second. Let me where, ask you, where are we going? No, I want to ask you a question about the story. Okay. So they say the Pledge of Allegiance in these areas before the community board meeting. Yes, they do. Now, the Pledge of Allegiance, as you know, its controversial line is uh, one nation under God. Yes, that is a controversial line. It was added in the 50s. The, the, the Pledge of Allegiance is only for, dates back to the 1940s. Okay. It's a but loyalty oath to the Union, if I'm not mistaken. I pledge allegiance to, to the, the flag, flag of, of the United, United States, States of America and to the Republic, Republic for which it stands, one, one nation, nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That was liberty, the original pledge. That was the original, yes. So that's, and I will, I, Johnny, you should know, I will stand for that pledge. You do. And I put my hand over my heart. You do. Yes, because I believe just as the presidential oath, you know, Donald Trump took the presidential oath on Friday. Yes, he did. On two Bibles, I believe. Do you know, Johnny, can we put up the presidential oath? Do you know yep. what the presidential oath is? Do you uh, know what is actually said? He's going to protect the Constitution yeah. of the United States. There's three things that are mentioned in the presidential oath. One, I will be the president. Nice. Two, I will do the job to the best of my ability. Got to do it. And three, the job is to protect, defend, and something else, the Constitution of the United States. There is no mention of God no. in the swearing-in uh, oath. No. However, many years, several years ago, one of the Supreme Court justices added, so help me God, and the presidents have repeated that line. That is not, an, that is not part of the oath. And I bring it up for this reason, so Vince. help me God. I bring it up for this reason, Vince. Yes. The Pledge of Allegiance, by definition— 
asks people to pledge that they will stand for the republic indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That is a pledge I believe every American, no matter where that American is from, no matter what color or ethnicity that person is, can stand for. Are you right? Are you even, even people from Buffalo. I, I, I haven't been to Buffalo in a while. But you know what I'm getting at. I see what you're saying, yes. When you add under God in there, you automatically cut out atheists like myself or people who are sensitive to the idea that an, our nation might exist under God. Just because I may pray to a different God. I, I pray, to, pray to Vishnu, for example, and you, Vince, I believe, I don't know what you pray to. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I see the face of God in an orgasm, as you know. Yeah, we've, we've been through this. So I don't know what God... Johnny, would you want my God to be the God you're, you're praying to? No, I don't I'm think so. I'm not so sure. Yeah, because that orgasm is going to get pretty messy. So the point is, there's a reason there's a divide in Brooklyn. Can you explain that? Why is there a re why is there a divide? Yeah, why is there a divide? Well, we spoke to uh, Craig Hammerman at Community Board Six in Park Slope. He basically said it's just never come up. No one oh, said to them. Oh come on! It's never no come up. No one said to them, "Hey, we should do the pledge before the thing." But then we spoke to, um, I think it was Josephine Beckman in Bay Ridge, and she was basically saying that, "Hey, not only do we say the pledge, do people want to say the yeah. pledge? But it's an honor yes. to say the pledge, and they do. A different person says the pledge." Each uh, month. Yeah, I've been to community board 10 meetings, and they call it the honor of the pledge. The honor of the pledge. It's on the agenda. They tell you the name of the person. The person is often introduced. It's a big deal. Yeah, they're going to say that pledge. But the under God part, did that come up in your coverage at all? Uh, we did not bring up okay. the, the history of the pledge, so to speak. That's and we weird. did not bring up the, the under God portion of it right. because no one said, well, we don't say the pledge because it has this God reference. Okay, so we're going to get in. We're going to call in Julian, Julianne Cuba. Who we wrote, will. Wrote, I'm going to call her right now. Yeah, do it. Johnny, can I get a little morning papers music? No, I can't hear anything. Can't right hear here, anything. I got it. You got it. Let's get Julianne Cuba in there. There she goes. All right, you gotta you gotta hang that phone up. I do. Yeah. Hello. Hey, Julianne Cuba. Hi. It's, it's Gersh Kutzman from Brooklyn Paper Radio, just across the hallway from where you're sitting right now. We'd love it if you'd come in and talk to us about the Pledge of Allegiance and the ramifications across Brooklyn as they are spreading, rippling, if you will, from your own story. Thank you very much. See that? She's a great kid. No, great she kid. listens. She's a real sharp kid. No, she's great. So did she write the story, Vince, for the record? Uh, a lot of people worked on this story. Wow. It was like a, a lot staff of effort? Yeah. Lauren Gill wrote the Brooklyn Paper version, hmm. our Brooklyn Daily version, of course. Thanks, Johnny. Johnny, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Here comes Julianne Cuba. Is uh, Julianne Cuba, a great young reporter, a woman of I impeccable integrity. Am I right, Julianne? Yeah. Yeah, sure. No, Why don't you have a seat somewhere? So, Julianne, we have already talked a little bit about the Pledge of Allegiance and, and Gersh Kuntzman's growing antipathy towards it because of its uh, controversial phrase, under God, which was not a huge part of your story, but I do want to talk to you, the controversial issue at hand, Julianne. You spoke to some of the community board directors and district managers down in southern Brooklyn, the areas of Brooklyn where the pledge seems to be considered an important part of the public uh, meeting process. Julianne, what did those people generally say to you about the importance of the pledge? Um, well, Teresa Scavo from uh, Community Board 15, um, she's the chairwoman for since 2006. She mm -hmm. just said um, she believes that any civic meeting should basically start with the pledge. Okay. Um, well, but what was the reason for that? It's just how she's always, she went to other civic meetings and saw it there. It's a civic meeting, so we should have a civic ceremony. We should have a civic ceremony. Um, the uh, community board, the other um, 15 and 18 also do um, 
moments of silence. I don't know if the Northern Brooklyn's. A moment of silence for what? Did they actually for, define it? Um, it's just for anyone who's passed in the previous month. Oh, so it's like oh, a, so a, that's, if yeah, someone that's, if someone passed away, they do a moment of silence. Well, someone yeah. always passes away, Vince. I mean, come on. Yeah. So they they always do the moment of silence. Do they actually name the the people who actually died, or they just say a moment of silence for anybody who might have died? Uh, no, they name the people. Oh, oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. So Julianne, you worked on this story, and it, and it's a great piece of work, and I hope that I, the Daily News is going to pick it up in, in the form of Gersh Kunstman. What is what is the conclusion you could draw that Southern Brooklyn is a more patriotic area or maybe less patriotic because perhaps the pledge is an un-American tradition? Uh, I would say, I don't know if I would say, I guess I would say patriotic, but also I think if you look at the map from the election, it goes together very well. Oh, you're saying that these areas So you're Brooklyn, saying, wait, you're seeing... A, I just was going to say that. A relationship between... Uh, the election of Donald Trump and, and who voted for Trump and uh, this so-called patriotism. Yes, but that's why I don't know if you could say patriotism. But Okay, let's let's try to aw- avoid the controversial word patriotism for a second. But, Julianne, in your experience, the, the redder areas of Brooklyn, and I mean Trump voting, and, and also Romney voting and McCain voting, these are the areas where people say the pledge before a civic meeting. Yes. Okay, so we can conclude that these, are, these tend to be more Republican slash conservative areas. Yeah. Okay. Why do those people, I mean, I guess what I'm asking you a tough question. Why do those people perceive the pledge as a vital part of a civic meeting and people to the northern parts of Brooklyn where Democratic voters ranks are in the 80, 90 percent, especially in this election, why do those neighborhoods perceive the pledge as being not a patriotic act? I can't really answer that question for you. I'd like you to speculate. I think it just might have something to do with tradition. Um, well, I mean, so so does the KKK and the NRA. I mean, no, let, let's not let's not use the weighted word tradition. Let's stick to let's stick to voting rights and voting voting roles. What I'm finding in this story, and it's a ground, it's a cracker, it's a crackerjack of a story, mm-hmm. Julianne, and I'm glad you worked on it. A dividing line between Brooklyn, between the Democratic areas and the Republican areas, over something as simple as the pledge. And as you know, there's nothing simple in Brooklyn. Nothing. So, what conclusions can we draw? Have you drawn any conclusions, Julian? I think that's the question he's asking you. I just think that you can see the the difference in the conservatism. There's no question about that. There's um, no question. Those who are liberal in the north and south. Okay, now I got to ask the tough question. Uh oh. Are you? How would you define yourself politically, Julian? Socialist. Socialist. Wow. So very le- wow. left, just straight out there. Left of Trotsky. Okay. You're in the Gersh Kunstman camp. <laughs> Julianne, when you go to a public meeting uh-huh. and they say the pledge, you stand, obviously. I have to. I just, well, you don't have to, but you stand. Yes. Do you s- recite the pledge? No, but okay. I do put my hand over my heart. Okay, that's that's what I do, by the way. That's what I do. Wait, you don't recite the pledge? No. I thought you stood, put your I, hand over your heart, recited the pledge, but left out the under God part. So under God. Occasionally, part. I will leave out the under God because I believe in the pledge. I believe in the symbolism of the pledge, that it's nice to pledge allegiance to a republic that stands for liberty and justice for all. I think we can hold our leaders accountable. And, and restating that pledge before a civic meeting can do that. Mm-hmm. It could make maybe even one community board member say, wait a minute, I can't vote on this because that's not for everybody. So there's a value there. But I, but I defy you, Julianne, defy. I defy you to get me to say the words under God before a civic meeting. How do these Southern Brooklyn 
community boards justify the God part. Did you discuss that with anyone when uh, you talked about this? No. No, there's a, there's no. a problem. There's mm. a problem. Mm. It always comes back to the God thing. I mean, it, with it, God and sex, it always comes down to that with me. And right now we're just on God. Yeah. So, Julianne, if you, so you, don't know, you don't know, for example, if you talk to Josephine Beckman, mm-hmm. the honor of the pledge at CB10, Community Board 10 in Bay Ridge, she's going to say, oh, yeah, we don't, we don't worry about the under God thing. That's the pledge. Or she might say, no, 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 my, my people are very religious, and they want God to be a part of our civic meetings. We don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to her. Let me ask Vince. Vince is, a, Vince is a religious man, and he's somewhat conservative, certainly to the right of, of Stalin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vince, does the under God part bother you? Yes. It does bother you? Yes, it does. Why does it bother you? Uh, because I believe in the separation of church and state. And I don't think God should have anything to do with our politics, frankly. But Julianne yeah. says it's traditional. It doesn't matter. I mean, uh, you know, just because something is traditional doesn't make it right. Wow. Can okay. I ask a question? Oh, Johnny's no, got a question. Johnny. What do you guys think of God Bless America during a sports game? You know where I stand. In fact, one of the best read stories I've ever written, Julianne, you should learn a lesson mm-hmm. as a young reporter, for the Daily News, nydailynews.com, was my condemnation of God Bless America at a ball game. Now, you want to you play God Bless America at your house, Vince? Mm-hmm. And invite me over? Yep. I might sing along. But at a baseball game with forced patriotism, all rise for the singing of God bless America. It's not our national anthem, Julianne. Now, I rise for the national anthem. I rise and I stand. I doff my cap. And I put it over my heart. And I sing the national anthem with the dulcet tones of Gersh Kuntzman. But I don't, I don't sing God bless America. I don't stand. And when people say to me, Julianne, as they have... Hey, you got to get up. It's God bless my stand. You should be standing. Asshole, stand. I just go to the bathroom. No, I say, what, what do I, how do I respond, Julianne? I say, excuse me, it's not the national anthem. It's not the national anthem. But you like the national anthem for every game. I, I do like, I think the national anthem is fine. I think it's, yeah. a, it's So not, you don't have a problem with the national anthem. You don't have a problem with the pledge. You have a problem with God. Yes, I do. I, I have a problem with God in the public sphere. And also, and not for nothing. God Bless America is not a good song. It's not a good it's, song. It's just no. not a good song. Not a good it has song. nothing to do. If you want to sing, you want to sing um, America the Beautiful. We used to sing My Country Tis of Thee. Isn't that? I thought that was like a. a My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrims, right from every mountainside, let freedom ring. Now, sure, I like that. Is that like we used to sing? We used to sing that not at ball games, but at uh, at, at school. Yeah, I don't think that suffices for the pledge. It's a good little song. I mean, America the Beautiful. But I think we would sing it after the pledge. Like every morning, we would do the Pledge yeah, of Allegiance. Because at school, you do the Pledge of Allegiance. Did you go to a school that mm-hmm. did the Pledge of Allegiance every morning? Yeah. Yeah, they made you stand up. and t- Did they say under God? Yeah. Okay. No, but I never said the under God But part. did they sing my country tis of thee? I don't What does don't that even mean, that. tis of thee? My country tis of My country, it is of of you? Of, the, of my me? My country tis of thee. I don't know. What, what does that mean? All right, but Johnny, but here's the question. Okay. America the Beautiful. Can you get it for us, Johnny? Yeah, give me a... America the Beautiful, Julianne, is a great song, and I do think it, it, it mentions God or faith, I think. Can you get the lyrics to that? I don't remember the national anthem. You don't remember the national anthem? Well, it's a poem. Oh, say Hold on, let me try it. I want to try it. I thought it was Jose. Can you just let me try it? No, Johnny. They say if you start low enough, you can do it. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proud 
proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the say we're not patriotic here. I gotta say, that wasn't bad. No, we knocked it out. I, there you go. I missed one note at the top. Uh, Julianne, did you hear the note I missed? No, but it sounded good. It was pretty nice. good. Nice. So nice. obviously I we're sure are holding her ears. Obviously we're patriotic. And her nose. And that song, Johnny, if you notice, did not mention God at all. It's a I prayer. Sorry, it's a poem about the uh, a battle War from of 18, the War of 1812 uh, yeah. when the Fort British... McHenry. Fort McHenry? The British sacked Fort McHenry, yet... There was a siege all night long, yet in the morning when the dust and smoke cleared and the sun the flag, rose. The flag was still there. The flag, American flag was still there. They didn't there. teach you this at school? No, but they but they taught you the, the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Yeah, you still want America the Beautiful? No, yeah, let's play, let's play it. And we got to do ads at some point. Yeah, play it. Thanks, Johnny. Hold on. Yeah, you got to lower that a little, Johnny. Johnny, one day you're going to kill us. There's a lot of, lot of different lyrics to this. That's the one. The amber waves of grain. That speaks to the, it speaks to the, 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 what do they call that? The center of the country? Heartland. The heartland, yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Ah, see? The fruited plain. That's a gay reference. Oh, no, Joe, Johnny, shut, shut it, it off. off. Shut it down. Shut it down. It was now, going very well there for a while. Did you hear that, Julianne? America, America, God shed his grace on thee mm-hmm. and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. There now, you go, know sir. where I stand. Don't. It's not about God. We have a democracy here. And that's why I brought up. I don't know if you're in the room, Julianne. I brought up the presidential oath of office. And if Vinny, can you call it up? I want to read it to I want to read it to um, Julianne. Julianne, do you know the presidential oath of office that Donald Trump took on Friday? No. One of the reasons I was not protesting in the street about President Trump is because here's the text. I want to read it to you. I got it. Up, oh, see? Yeah. So the text of this, Johnny, can you give me some like echo? Because I want it to sound really impressive. Yeah, right. You're fired. No. <laughs> so the, here's the oath, the oath or affirmation. I, state your name. I, state your name. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. That I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. And will, to the best of my ability, and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And that's it. But it's over a Bible. No, no. And here, let me tell you something else. 
So several presidents have not affirmed that oath over a Bible. You want to know who they were? Go. Name one, Vince. You probably know one right off the top A president of that. who did not affirm Did not use a Bible. Didn't use a Bible. Man. How far back does it go? All the way, baby. All the way. It goes all the way. Washington. Well, Washington used a Bible. Okay. Well, Jefferson. First president. Jefferson. No, Jefferson. And beliefs were. Adams. Taft. Which Adams? Uh, John Adams, not John Quincy. John Quincy Adams, our sixth, Quincy, huh? sixth president, swore on a book of law with the intention that he was swearing on the Constitution, the very document he was empowered he to protect. He swore on a book of law. Wow. Who else? Wait, give me a couple others. All right. So wait, John Quincy. Uh, how about uh, now Lincoln had to. No, obviously. He had to. Um, uh, this one's obvious. Dolly Madison. <laughs> Theodore Roosevelt, T.R. Oh, T.R., Teddy. Did not use a Bible. And Franklin Pierce, of all people, also swore in on a book of law. So my point is, Julianne, you don't need to swear on a Bible. Nowadays, the presidents, they, they carry in two Bibles. They don't even want to swear on one Bible. They bring in two Bibles. Their own and someone else's? No. Sometimes they pull one off the White House shelf from what I understand. In fact, is it is oh, an Old Testament Bible or a New Testament Bible? Or both? I mean, again, it's the choice of the, of the president. Hmm. Uh, anyway. I don't have a problem with swearing on the Bible so much. Wait, why is that? Because it's like you're trying to, I guess you're trying to say that right, this is like, it, it's putting some kind of effort behind it that it doesn't necessarily have to be. I think the, the idea of the Bible is that it's the good book, so to speak. No, no, that, that is the biggest load of crap. First of all, a minute ago you had a problem with God. <laughs> no, Julianne, consider the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You, you only have to affirm that you will protect, defend, and, and whatever the Constitution, right? And that has nothing to do with God. In fact, at, at pr- Trump's inauguration, before the barrage of, of, of um, religious leaders made speeches, mm-hmm. uh, the former Senator Roy Blount from Mississippi spoke very eloquently about democracy, that we are here on, f- on January 20th to celebrate our democracy, which is a man-given gift, a man-created gift, not a God-created gift, okay? So my point being, you don't swear on a Bible. My My idea if I become president, and I'm a long way off, I'm, I'm, I'm going to announce my council run soon. Soon. You, you, you hold up your right hand and you swear on that constitution to defend it and honor it and, and et cetera. So I don't know where Vince is coming well, with this. I, I would do it on a Bible. No, what I'm saying is I don't have a problem with it if, if you're saying that the Bible is like sig- signifies like being nice to each other. If no. that's what you, like there are some people that take that from the Bible, like me being one of them. Well, you know? but then you could affirm that on on the serenity prayer, right? So, so I'm saying I don't, so I don't have a problem with that if that is your idea of what the Bible is. Like, that's if you, not if my you idea. Think, if you think that the lessons of, say, Jesus Christ are, you no, know, Vince, do unto <laughs> others, do unto others as I would do to you, Vince, Vince, then I don't have a problem like swearing on that. This is the most asinine thing you've ever said. No, I disagree. I'll tell you why. I disagree. There's a, there's a big chunk of people in this country who do not. Follow the Bible. Don't follow the the Lord. None of that shit. I'm saying you could swear on anything that you think is like solemn. Sure, but then you'd have to say, "I am swearing on this Bible, not the the bloodletting of the Old Testament, not the Jesus stuff of the New Testament. I'm swearing specifically on verse 11 that says, "Be nice to people." There you go. Okay, that well, I, I got no problem with that. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. Then I'm you're just swearing, saying I got no problem with. You're it. swearing on a page of the Bible. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like maybe like different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the page, one page. Okay. The page Great. the page Great. I like. Yeah, you okay, that well so why don't you just see I think you should just swear on like your favorite movie. Well, I happen to like Diner. I'm swearing on Diner. Here's a DVD of Diner. I mean, you I know what I mean? Know, I don't know if Diner is really about anything that that's uh, No, but it's something that's important to me. 
It's my values. How about that? Or Woody Allen's Manhattan. Okay, I'm swearing on Woody Allen's Manhattan. But don't you think Allen's just phoning it in now? <laughs> he is phoning it in. All right, we got to break. Julianne, stick <laughs> around. Break. Stick around. We got to take a break. We're gonna have more with Julianne Cuba and a, and our all. It's our all patriotism issue. And it you is. know what, Johnny? I started this show angry. It Julianne, is you know I started this patriotism. I started this show angry, but Johnny. I am totally reborn. That's I'm awesome. born again. What, so give what, us some commercial music. Yeah, what and then, that about? What our show will do. I know. All right. Julianne, I never asked you this question. We're going to. Have, have you ever found a dentist who's high quality and truly affordable? No. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't do it. Problem is you don't know Dr. Joseph Lichter. Because he's in Midwood, so, and you're some sort of Queens girl or whatever. Dr. Joseph Lichter. Westchester. Westchester. <laughs> Do you commute in from Westchester every day? Not anymore. So he's got dentists. He's got she skilled lives in hygienists. Godless Williamsburg. He's got a state-of-the-art office. It's not easy to get to from Williamsburg, but it's almost—it's all—it's easy to get to from everywhere else, including my beloved Windsor Terrace. Doctor Lipter and his staff perform traditional dental procedures: tooth cleanings, fillings, root canal extractions. But he does it at a fraction of the cost. Now, give me a smile for a second there. You don't need it. You don't need the zoom whitening system. But if you did, most of the time it's $700. Dr. Joseph Lichter has it for $475. So call Dr. Joseph Lichter today, 718-339-7878. You set up an appointment at his office at 1420 Avenue P in Brooklyn, or you go online and visit him at josephlichterdds.com. Yeah, and once you get your teeth cleaned up, get them working. Yeah. Make them work for you at Atlas Steakhouse, because Atlas Steakhouse offers a unique dining experience first. You choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine list or with one of their Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktails. You can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. Really? And when your main course arrives, you will understand it. why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut Above the rest, Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. Visit them online at atlassteak.com. So, Julianne, another thing we do on this show, in addition to talking about teeth and steaks, we talk about sex a lot. And you just got to understand that. And the reason is, Julianne, I'm 51 years old. I know, thank you for saying I don't look a day over 30. That's very flattering. But I'm 51. And old age is around the corner. You're staring down that gun, Gersh. No, I'm not. Because I know what's awaiting me are two things. One... A friend who's going to bed down with me and Village Care Max. Yes. And they go together in this sense, Julianne. Village Care Max is a Medicaid-managed long-term plan that helps you stay at home and in your community dating for as long as possible. A team of healthcare professionals, they'll work with your doctor. They're going to help you attain the best healthcare options available, and they're going to keep you in your home. Get more information about Village Care Max by calling 800-469-6292 or visit villagecaremax.org. Village Care Max, live the life, stay in the house, have the sex you want to live, have, stay. And eat the food you want to eat. Because Atlas Meat offers you prime custom cuts delivered straight to your door. You like steak? I love steak. You like chicken? I'm all right with chicken. You like veal? Yeah, it's a little cruel. Julianne, where were you on veal? I don't like yeah. yeah. You know, I've told you a hundred times that when I say you like veal, you say, yes, I love it. I mean, I've had it. I definitely love I love veal. Every time my mother, I go out to eat with my mom, she has the veal. No, she you know has why? the veal chop. No, she has the veal because it's the best in the city. And the best in the city is an Atlas meat. Now, you're not going to get pork there because it is halal. But you know what it is? 
they will deliver right to your door. You call up, you don't have time to make it to the meat market, you order your steaks, you order your chops, you order your um, hamburg. How about a little cutlet? You want a cutlet? You can order it up. They will slice it for you, thin, nice, pound it out, however you like it. I, like, know, the, I like to pound my own cutlets. You know what else they do? What else? They, they order. They <laughs> offer packages. You know how Omaha Steaks does it? Yeah, I don't like the way Omaha Steaks does it. Well, that's why you have to have Atlas Steak do it for you. You can order up anything you like. They'll bring it to your door in a cold compress. So wow. it's really, really wonderful. Atlas Steak, three Atlas Meat Market, our newest sponsor, three eighty-seven Avenue X in Brooklyn. You can give them a call anytime at three four seven nine one five two thousand. It's open today from nine a.m. to nine p.m. Go out there and get your meat. All right, Johnny. Let's let's cool it down for a second. So. Julianne, just if you're just tuning in, it's a wonderful fade. If you're just tuning in, Gersh Kunstman was angry when the show started, and now he's in a great mood. And the reason being, we are having a high-level discussion about patriotism, about God, about the Pledge of Allegiance, about President Trump, mm-hmm. and about Gersh Kunstman, of course. So, Julianne, we're, and we're joined by Julianne uh, Cuba, who is the best reporter of her kind in Southern Brooklyn, without question. No. And we've tried to invite other reporters on the show, Julianne. I'll admit this. I wanted to have um, reporter Leslie from DNA Info to talk about a story. Yep. Do you know reporter Leslie? I've read Leslie Albrecht. Albrecht. Mm-hmm. You know her? Yeah. Is Not personally. I often tweet. You know of her? Yes. Okay. I often tweet, at reporter Leslie is a national treasure. Now, I believe that at reporter Leslie has never done a story like you participated in this week. So, can we go over, just because if, if you're tuning in now, you missed an amazing discussion. Julianne, can you summarize what your story is about? On BrooklynPaper.com. Sure, it's about... um, Can you summarize it by leaning towards the microphone and not looking at us? Sorry. It's about um, the Southern Community Boards versus the Northern Community Boards that uh, the Southern say the Pledge of Allegiance before meetings begin and the North ones do not. Okay. Now, again, if you're just tuning in, why do I care about Community Boards, Julianne? What what, What you're really saying is these neighborhoods ultimately express their patriotism or what they believe is patriotism via the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well said. So, (laughs) what bothers me about this, Vince, and you crossed the line, Vince. You did. How? In our first segment, you crossed the line. How'd I cross the line? Because what bothers me about this is you said from the start, I don't like God in a public space. That's right. And the pledge contains the very controversial wording, one nation under God indivisible. That is controversial. As you know, originally it said one nation indivisible. Indivisible, yes. With liberty and justice for all. And that's a sentiment I can get behind. One nation indivisible. Indivisible. That means undividable. Now, the question is, though, I mean, at some point we're A nation divided cannot stand. And a Brooklyn divided cannot stand. Well, that's what I'm learning, though, from the Brooklyn paper. Your Brooklyn Daily version of this story has an American flag covering all of Southern Brooklyn, the Southern Brooklyn community boards that say the pledge or the honor of the pledge before a meeting. Now, we had a very spirited discussion in our first session. I'm sorry. Oh, let's see who's calling in. Hey, Kirsch. Yeah, hi. This is Gersh Kunzman at Brooklyn Paper Radio. This is uh, Stefan Ringel from the Borough President's Office. I'm going to connect the DP. That's oh, fantastic. Thank, Thank you very much. Hold on one second. Thank See, you. he does have a, he does have a, uh, a do call. Let's bring him on. It's Borough President Adams. Surprise phone call. Okay. We got hail to the chief again. DP. Yeah. There he is. is. That Borough President Adams. Oh. How are you? It's great to hear the sound of your voice. As you know, we like to play Hail to the Chief when you come on. I'm playing a little Hail to the Chief here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you hear that. No, he can't hear it, but we can. He can't hear that? I don't think so. There it is. We're playing it for you. Okay, anyway. 
Borough President Adams, it is a great pleasure to have you on the show again. You're with Gersh Kuntzman, of course, the legend. You're with Vince DiMaselli, a great editor, and a wonderful reporter by the name of Julianne Cuba. How are you, sir? Quite well, quite well. Good to be on with you guys. It's always a lot of fun with some serious topics. Well, that's the thing. We're talking about a serious topic today. Now, I don't know if your, um, your, your aide, uh, Stefan Ringel, has brought you up to speed on today's Brooklyn paper front page story that the Southern Community Boards in Brooklyn, I'm talking about Community Board 10 in Bay Ridge, Community Board 11 in Bensonhurst, Community Board 15 in wherever, Community Board 13 in Coney Island, they, they recite the Pledge of Allegiance before Community Board meetings, and the Community Boards in Northern Brooklyn, Community Board 1, 2, 6, 10, no, whatever, 7, yeah. do not recite the pledge. Where are you on this controversial issue, Mr. Borough President? Well, um, I think that um, every gathering, public gathering, we should um, uh, recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I think it's a continuation of how do we show uh, great respect to the country. Hmm. Um, but with that said, I also believe that each community board must make their own decision. And that's what's great about this country, that there is no one way of showing one's respect for the country or one way of showing even protest towards the country. So you don't, uh, you don't if really... I was in charge or had the decision, um, I would say the pledge of allegiance. I think it's important to do so. Okay, you would say the pledge. So that's good. You have a strong opinion on that. And so now my question becomes, Borough President, you know where I stand on God. Perhaps you don't. <laughs> I stand against, I stand athwart hope and history. I am against the religification of public meetings. So when you say the pledge, do you say one nation under God indivisible or do you recite the original pledge, One Nation Indivisible? Um, I go by, based on what I have been taught the pledge is. I'm not in the position of trying to rewrite text or topics um, based on where we are on a particular issue. The, the, the pledge says One Nation Under God, um, and God can be so many things and so many people. It could be uh, Muhammad, if you're Muslim, it could be Buddha, it could be Jesus Christ. Uh, it can be Yahweh, and so I say one nation under God is not turning into a Christian sure. philosophy. It is saying whether God is to you because God has blessed America in many ways. Okay, and there's no question that many people believe that, and I'm not going to disagree with you there. But I don't believe in God. So what happens to me, Borough President? What happens to me? Well, then you can just say it the way you want. That's what's great, again, that's what's great about this country. No one is going to grab you, throw you in jail merely because you say one nation. Uh, indivisible, you know, um, if that's part of the text that you want to say in a manner that is reflective of your belief, mm -hmm. that puts you in a great place to be in a, to America where you can say it that way. Uh, if you were in uh, Korea somewhere with that nut that's trying to blow up the globe, you'll be thrown in jail for not saying what he wants you to do. So that's what makes America great. Yeah. Well, we were just wondering, we're trying to figure out why the Northern Brooklyn uh the, the areas in northern Brooklyn, it seems like there's a line in the sand here. Why the areas in northern Brooklyn aren't saying the pledge and why the areas in southern Brooklyn are. I mean, is this a patriotic thing or do, do you have any insight into uh, why they're doing it? And could it be the, the God reason that maybe people in northern Brooklyn don't want to say under God? I, I believe it may be even more simpler uh, than that. Uh, and I'm going to reach out to find out what the possibility could be that no one introduced me to the Northern Brooklyn um, body to say that, hey, what about a good idea of saying the Pledge of Allegiance mm -hmm. before a meeting? It right. may not have ever uh, come up. 
particularly when you look at Southern Brooklyn, the high number of firefighters, police officers, um, ex-military, we still have the Memorial Day parade that's done in Southern Brooklyn. So there's a different energy and a constant reminder about um, the whole theme around displaying a public display of patriotism. doesn't mean that Northern Brooklyn is not as patriotic. It may not do as many public displays of their patriotism. But I'm going to send a letter to all of the community boards and make a suggestion uh, that do you know you have this at your availability to say the Pledge of Allegiance before the meeting. Wait, tell us about that letter. I'm sorry? Tell us about that letter. You're basically going to remind them that they have the opportunity. Yes, I'm, I'm going to introduce, because the worst thing uh, the worst thing could happen, I've learned, is that oftentimes um, we, we think that people are aware of something, but no one told them. And so I don't want someone to say, I was not aware that we could do that. So I want to start at the basic level of introducing and let, reminding people that you can say the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know, we still do it in school. I yeah. did it as a child you're... in school, I enjoyed doing it. Um, I really uh, dug into exactly what it was saying. Sometimes people make comments without really knowing what they're saying. Right. But when you listen to the actual um, saying of the Pledge of Allegiance, it's a powerful reminder of that we are one nation. That, but you're making some big news here, Borough President. I want to be very clear on this. You're going to send a letter, I appreciate that, I know what you're saying. But is there any cudgel attached to this? Are you going to threaten these community boards that don't say it? Uh, no. Um, uh, all the community boards, and oftentimes uh, community boards make comments on how much they appreciate I do not get in the way of them doing business. Um, I appoint my board members, and then I take a step back and I allow those individuals uh, to decide um, how they want their community uh, to prosper. Uh, so there won't be any threat. It's a reminder okay. uh, that uh, for those who are not aware, um, I believe that it's a good way to display patriotism by doing the Pledge of Allegiance before the meeting. Um, and that is, it continues to be the choice of the board on how they want to move forward. But again, I don't want any board uh, member or board uh, or chair to say, hey, I, I was not aware that we can do this. So you're going to recommend it, but you're not going to demand it, I think is what you're saying. Do you see this divide in Brooklyn, though? Because clearly the map is, is cut right down the middle. Do you see a divide in uh, the people that, that you represent in southern Brooklyn versus the people that you re represent in northern Brooklyn? Is there a, is there a different vibe, or is this just something where's that just it's just a weird circumstance? No, I think your question is a good question. I think there are different philosophies, different beliefs, uh, different understandings, uh, different lifestyles. Uh, you go to some communities where they're one and two single family households, uh, so they're concerned about things that are different in some a place like the Crown Heights, where you have a, a many apartment buildings, so they're different uh, desires. So depending on where you are, will line up with what the thoughts are as well. And so, uh, you know, that's why when you look at even something um, that Ruben Diaz, the Bronx, our broad president and I are doing around, uh, access to uh, gifted and talented programs. You go to some communities and they say, there's no problem with that. We have uh, many gifted and talented programs. Then you have to go to other communities like uh, services where they're not existing. So depending on where you are is where your focus may be. And uh, 
right now when you're just trying to um, make ends meet, it's almost a luxury to talk about should we do the Pledge of Allegiance or not. You're right. You're right. And I got to apologize about President Adams. We, we did get off on a little bit of a topic that is not obviously the most pressing issue in America today. But I, I got to say, having you on the radio just now and just sharing your beliefs, speaking from the heart, that speaks volumes about, A, good leadership that you've provided, and also just that you think about these things, and that's important. And I think the public likes that. Yeah. we got we got to let them go. And I agree, and I think you said something um, that, you know, even as we transition to talk about uh, Donald Trump, Trump um, that um, that's what the public is looking for um, now. You know, this, this trying to always... Uh, to say what is right and not do what is right. It's just so um, old school. And, uh, you know, just as people celebrated uh, when Barack Obama uh, integrated the White House for the first time, uh, there was a body of people who celebrated Donald Trump's election. He spoke to them. And, you know, that's what's great about this country, you know. Um, you have the right to go to those people who speak on your behalf and have them represent you. You know, he was not my cho- first choice for president. But um, I believe in the presidency, and I believe with the symbol of that and what it means. And if we, we cannot in any way desecrate what the presidency stands for. Presidents will come and go, but that office must remain because it, it is the glue that keeps the country together. I love that you said that Donald Trump was not your first choice. Was he even in the top 50 for you? I'm sorry. You said Donald Trump was not your first choice for president. Was he even in the top 50? Not in the top 100. There you go. Okay, okay. (laughs) We got to let him go. Borough President Adams, you are a fixture on this show. You're welcome back anytime. Big fan. We're going to play him out with a little hail to the chief. Thanks for coming on. Great talking to you guys. Always a pleasure. There he goes. See that? He calls in. Now, anyone can call in. Anyone can call in. But we only got a few minutes left. Yeah, no, that we gotta, was... We got to Ju- pay some bills. Julianne, listen, you... you Wait, let's ask Julianne. She's a reporter. What did you get out of that talk with, with Borough President Adams? What's the first thing that comes to mind after listening to what he had to say? He gives the command board's freedom of choice. That is not the first thing. No. The news story that came out of that, I've got a top line on that. Borough President Adams to community boards, say the pledge. I mean, the can you write that up? Get out of here. Go say start writing. Go start writing that up. Say the pledge. You were on the. You were on the call. Go, oh, Julianne. Go, go, go. Breaking news. Go. Get her. Get her out of the office. She's going. She's moving really slowly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank for you, coming Julianne. On. Great show. We got to pay a couple of bills, Julianne. I expect that story up before I get out of this. And here's why. And here's why, Vince. Can I get a little ki- killer mic? Can I get a little music? Yeah. Oh, you want music? All right, Julianne has just left, and that story should be up in three minutes. Yeah. Look, the reason we wanted Julianne to move quickly is because we're not getting any younger. No. And so I'm getting old, Johnny. You know how old I am. 35. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to be 65 in 14 years. And when I turn 65, I'm going to want something like Village Care Max, which is a Medicaid-managed long-term planning care, completely free because it's part of your Medicaid, that keeps you in your home and in your community. Because you don't, you can't. Vince, are you going to be able to manage all your medications, all your appointments, everything? I you, can't do it now. You break a hip. No. You're, who's going to handle that? Village Care Max is. Right. They have a team of doctors. Gonna My wife with... fell the other day, broke both her wrists. Is that really true? Kind of. Okay. Well, as a member of Village Care Max, your health care manager will visit your home to guide you and your family toward the best health care options available. Working together, you will stay in that home, and they're going to help you with your appointments and everything. So, 
All you want to know is calling Village Care Max, 800-469-6292, or visit them at villagecaremax.org. Village Care Max for the life you want to live. And nothing keeps your bones strong. And Gersh knows about this I because do. he has the bones of an 80-year-old woman, like a nice, juicy steak. Isn't that true? Uh, calcium, a glass of milk will help, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, Atlas Steakhouse, you can always dine a cut above the rest. First, you select your premium cut. It's aged on-site for optimal texture and taste. You enjoy the delicious vintage wines, the expertly mixed cocktails, and the signature appetizers while Atlas Steakhouse crafts your choice cut into a custom culinary masterpiece. You'll complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert and each one sweeter than the last. When you have that, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, you always dine a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue in beautiful up-and-coming Dippers Park. Find them online all the time at atlassteak.com. All right, listen, you want to you go to Atlas Steak. Vince and I have been, but you need teeth to do that. Yep. So when was the last time you saw a dentist who could keep your teeth looking great, feeling great in your mouth, and was yet affordable? You never did because you haven't seen Dr. Joseph Lichter. Lichter's a state-of-the-art dentist. There's none of that. None of this back-alley dentistry. He's state-of-the-art. He's in Midwood. And the best part about him, hygienesis, clean office, the whole bit. The best part is the prices. Let's, let me give you a couple examples. Invisalign, which is that adult braces behind the teeth, usually $5,000, sometimes more. Joseph Lichter, $4,000. Yep. Porcelain veneers, $1,000 in Brooklyn Heights. Lichter, $675. Zoom whitening, $395. That's like half price. Anyway, Joseph Lichter's office is at 1420 Avenue P. It's not far, in Midwood. Or you just call him at 718-339-7878 or go online at josephlichterdds.com and make an appointment. Gersh, where do you get your meat? Where do I pound my meat? No, where's the last place you wanted to get a steak? Where'd you go get it? Well, I, I went to the butcher shop in Windsor Terrace because it's in my neighborhood. But right. if I was in another neighborhood, I don't know. Where would I go, Vince? How do you like to have your meat cut? I like it cut thick and juicy. There you go. Well, at Atlas Meat Market, they will cut it just the way you like. It, would they cut it like really thin like scallopini if I want it that way? Yes, they will. Would they cut it like in between a thick chop and like a thin chop? Without question. Would they not cut it at all? Would they give me like a whole loin of pork? If that's the way you like it, Gersh, that's the way they'll do it. But they will not do it with pork because it is, as you know, halal. So how do you like your steak cut? Get it cut that way at Atlas Meat Market. How do you like your chicken cut? Get it cut that way at Atlas Meat Market. How do you like your veal cut? Get it cut that way at Atlas Meat Market, where they will also deliver anywhere in Brooklyn. They'll deliver it right to your door. So you don't have time to get to the store. Just give them a call. Place the order. A couple of minutes later, it shows up. That's how they do well, it. I don't now, know a couple of minutes, but yeah, relatively quick. It takes some time. But <laughs> they'll get it there. Okay. But the reality is they also do these packages just like they do at Omaha Steakhouse. Hmm. So if you want to send your choice cut Atlas Meats anywhere in the country, you can do it thanks to our good friends at Atlas Meats. Atlas Meats, as you know, is located at 387 Avenue X. You can give them a call anytime, 347-915-2000. Atlas Meat Market, open now from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. today. Stop by. All right. Well, we're running out of time, but let's just recap what happened on this show. You got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I was angry. I got excited. Julianne Cuban talked about the pledge. And then Borough President Adams called and said he's going to send a letter, not a threat, a letter, to all the community boards in Brooklyn telling them, hey, you know what? You should probably read the pledge. Probably should. This was a news-making show. Made me feel good, even though my sex life is in the toilet. Yep. 
Gersh Kunzman, Daily News, Vince DiMasselli, Brooklyn Paper, and our producer Johnny for Julianne Cuba. Gersh Kunzman! All right, we'll see you next week.